Just one more thing to blame on the current pandemic. Yeah, that current was intentional. I don't believe SARS-CoV-2 is a one-and-done pandemic in my lifetime. But anyway, that is not the point of today's show. So, back to things blamed on the current pandemic. Like our backs. With a lot of people logging more screen time than normal without needing to walk more than a few feet to the water, food, and toileting facilities, this pandemic may have created problem backs and a generation or two of slouches. Patricia Marks decided to test drive posture correctors to remedy this situation, and apparently there are lots of options out there to take care of your stimulus check for you. Her results were published in the March 29, 2021 New Yorker under the title Stand Up Straight, or something your mother might have said to you. I am sitting with my shoulders scrunched, my feet up on my desk, and my rear end tilted so that I'm as close as one can be in a chair to lying down. In a pasta police lineup, I'd be elbow macaroni. Did you nag me about posture when I was young, back in the 60s, I asked my mother recently. Evidently not, she said. Remarkably, I'm not among the estimated 80% of Americans who suffer from back troubles so far. Can I continue to get away with my saggy posture forever? The answer is no, and here's why, Robert DeStefano, a chiropractor who works with the New York Giants, told me. It might take years for bad posture to rear its head, but the effects are cumulative. You might feel fine, fine, fine for a long time, and then you go to bend down and pick something up, and your back goes into spasm. The choice was clear, work on my posture, or never bend down to pick anything up again. I'm thinking about it. Shani Soloff, the founder of The Posture People, a company of physical therapists based in Stamford, Connecticut, was less dire. After examining my confirmation over Zoom, she said that, while you like to fold in on yourself, I had other bad habits that kept me from being hobbled, namely constant fidgeting and frequently visiting the refrigerator. My theory is that because I'm short, I try to stand as tall as possible in conversation with others. The key thing is that you want a setup where you can change your body position every 20 to 30 minutes, Tasha Connolly, a physical therapist, told me in a video chat. She explained that a prolonged hold of any position overstretches certain muscles and shortens others, and that can create asymmetries. A few years ago, the news was full of warnings about the sitting disease. Sitting, everyone said, was the new smoking. A study reported in the Annals of Internal Medicine in 2017 found that subjects who interrupted their sitting every half hour reduced their chance of dying by 55%. Not long ago, with the reputation of chairs in ruins, standing desks became fashionable. That is, until new studies showed that prolonged standing was just as bad as sitting, leading to muscular fatigue, varicose veins, and a doubled risk of heart disease. Let's start at the beginning. The story goes that when Plato was asked for a definition of a human being, he came up with featherless biped. This prompted Diogenes the Cynic to present Plato with a plucked chicken. 
Not to be outwitted, Plato modified his definition. A featherless biped with flat nails, he said. My point is not that philosophy in the 4th century BCE was a sport for smart Alex who had a thing for poultry, but that standing on two feet, which became habit among our ancestors seven million years ago, according to Ashley Hammond of the American Museum of Natural History, is a defining aspect of the true human condition. This milestone may have also marked the beginning of slouching, the phrase stand up straight and backache. More recently, as the coronavirus continues to keep us mostly indoors, working in improvised offices where ergonomically unsound ironing boards, coffee tables, and laps pinch hit as desks, our sloppy ways of sitting could be taking a toll. Parked in front of a computer, we tend to tuck under our tailbones, candy cane our spines, scrunch up our shoulders, and crane our necks forward like wilted sunflowers. According to many experts, for every inch that the head lists off kilter, the force impinging on the neck and the back increases by 10 pounds. A survey among 778 software workers in lockdown last spring found that shoulder, elbow, and wrist pain had doubled. Bad posture has been blamed for indigestion, constipation, high blood pressure, cracked teeth and frequent orgasms, negative thoughts, and difficulty performing arithmetic calculations. Somewhere, someone has probably implicated it in the presidential election results. Before we work on improving our internal scaffolding, it would be useful to define the ideal. If you are a soldier, G.I. Joe sets the standard, according to Sergeant First Class Eric A. Rostamo, the U.S. Army's Drill Sergeant Sergeant of the Year. What if you're a civilian? When viewed in profile, the average human spine, a stack of 24 articulated vertebrae and nine fused ones on the bottom, should be shaped like a seahorse, curving gently inward at the neck, cervical, and lower back, lumbar regions, and outward in the middle, thoracic region. These three curves help us maintain balance, facilitate flexibility, and serve as shock absorbers. Wouldn't you rather be going down the stairwell as a slinky than as a pretzel stick? The curves are supported by muscles. An exaggerated curve called Kyphosis in the upper back and lordosis or swayback in the lower back can lead to discomfort and in extreme cases can reduce mobility. Seen from the front, you should be more or less symmetrical. A balanced alignment of your spine, referred to among the posturati as a neutral spine, exerts the least amount of strain on muscles, tendons, and the skeleton, allowing us to function efficiently. Toward this end, when sitting, you should have your back touching the chair's back, derriere scooched into the crook of the seat, shoulders relaxed, legs uncrossed, knees bent at a right angle, feet on the floor, and head erect. It helps if the computer screen in front of you is at eye level and an arm's length away. When standing, you should have your feet shoulder width apart and parallel, knees gently bent, arms hanging nonchalantly by your side, stomach pulled slightly in, and shoulders relaxed and pulled back. If this is too many body parts to keep tabs on, perhaps one of the many pointers I found on the internet will help. Imagine there's a string attached to the top of your head, pulling you upward. Walk as if you're wearing a cape. 
fantasize that you are being interviewed by Beyonce and hold yourself accordingly, or pretend that someone's punching you in the stomach. It's time to buckle up into a posture corrector. You wouldn't be the first. The Duchess Consuelo Vanderbilt, 1877 to 1964, wrote in her memoir about the horrible instrument she was ordered to endure as a child to enforce a plumb stance, describing it as a steel rod which ran down my spine and was strapped at my waist and over my shoulders. Another strap went around my forehead to the rod. Even more adorable is the neck swing. Invented in France in the 18th century, this tackle and pulley system, fastened to the ceiling on one end and on the other to a headpiece worn by the user, supposedly stretched the spine and not supposedly left the user dangling with only her toes touching the ground. Today's so-called posture correctors are spa-like in comparison. The majority fall into two categories, restrictive braces, harnesses, shirts, and bras that encourage the alignment of your torso, or small electronic gizmos the size of brownies that ping or vibrate at the inkling of a slump. Amazon sells dozens of varieties. Posture is an approximately $1.25 billion industry. Many of the physical therapists, chiropractors, and osteopaths I talked to said that these aids are fine to use in the short term, helping you identify postures you should be emulating. Others regarded them as Rembrandt might a paint-by-numbers kit, gimmickry that gets in the way of learning technique, and that might foster dependence. Tony Pletcher, a Seattle physical therapist, is concerned that these quick fixes could lead to muscle atrophy. When our bodies are provided constant external support, we often actually lose the ability to perform these movements on our own, he said in an email. Anil Nand Kumar, who works at the Orthopedic Physical Therapy Center at Hospitals for Special Surgery, mentioned that 8 out of every 10 patients asked him about the correctors and said, long story short, I usually do not recommend these correctors to patients because they are passive tools. I chose 15 devices and sent them to people I know who want to improve their posture. The group included a man who was still traumatized by being punched in the back as a child by his alcoholic mother whenever she observed him slouching. Another volunteer was motivated by the memory of a 75-year-old actress she'd once seen at Saks. Her cosmetically altered face made her look youthful, but when she turned around, a severe hunchback exposed the Dorian grayish truth. The most common type of corrector on the market is the upper back brace for clavicle support. This looks like a backpack without the pack, or like an emotional support animal harness, and tends to be made from a black, stretchy synthetic material. It is worn over or under one's clothes with adjustable straps that exert a backward tug on the shoulders, and after prolonged use, according to my volunteers, makes the wearer's armpits ache. Beginners are advised to wear the brace for 5 to 15 minutes a day and then incrementally progress to an hour or two. Vi Weeks, a college sophomore, appreciated the three inches she estimates she gained in height when her Cellbite Posture Corrector, $9.98, 
was busy doing its job. But when the brace was off, her spine reverted to its previous convexity, despite the product's claim to affect long-term muscle memory. David Kim, a dermatologist, wore his comfy brace, $19.97, on four consecutive workdays for nine back-breaking hours a day. His once admirable carriage had deteriorated after years of hunching over his patients. Of his brace, Kim said, it definitely made me more cognizant of my posture. I feel like my lower back was less tired and achy toward the end of the day. Will Ameringer, an art dealer in Palm Beach, found himself looking at his watch after only 10 minutes of wearing his VOCA corrector, $27.99, whose padded shield-shaped panel runs the length of the back and looks sturdy enough to joust in. The directions warn that your back and shoulder muscles may feel stretched. They're not kidding, he said. A bit jarring on the kidneys, too. Ameringer gave up after a week. It's designed to pull your shoulders back while pushing a metal plate against your lower back, he said. The problem is that it does one or the other. Is it possible that something could be good for you and also feel good? According to one tester who is parked at her desk in Los Angeles all day, such is the case with Dr. Tozo's Back RX, $39. This remedial belt loops around your waist and knees while you are seated, thereby using the weight of your legs to exert a forward tug that supports your lower back, undoing your slouch. It's restrictive and weird, but really comfortable. Sort of like a girdle, but just for your back, she said. I've used it while working, and I definitely sit straighter, and my lower back feels better. It also helps to make you sit ergonomically in any chair, even in a canoe, the website brags, because hasn't the world been crying out too long for a way to paddle without lumbar strain? Until a philosophy grad student named Luke tried the AlignMed compression shirt, $95, a black zippered short-sleeved top that could pass for a wetsuit. Only his mother's nagging had kept him posturally respectable. Aspiring to the silhouette of a four-star general, he wore the shirt on three occasions a few hours each time. I can't say it was comfortable, and found that he was more upstanding, but not dramatically so. Actually, he realized that his original posture was better than he'd thought. He decided he preferred his natural, relaxed physique to one that hinted at a lifetime of maternal psychological abuse. Posture is a body language that everyone understands. People with good posture seem professional and confident, a friend who fears that her posture may be amoeba-like told me. They wear suits and heels and don't complain. They're the kind of people who wink at you. Leah Gromanis, the founder of Up With Women, an organization that helps recently homeless women and families, regards the ramrod straight with awe. They are like the children of gods, she said. Doors open easily for them. Or, as another volunteer confessed, I could never have good posture because people might think I have a high opinion of myself. Among certain types, the rebellious, the avant-garde, hipsters, Oscar Wilde, slouching is cooler than erectitude. Certain actresses, too. 
Don't copy those slouching celebs, a headline in the Daily Mail read in 2011. Bad posture won't just cause a bad back, but depression too. The droopers listed, spotted slouching at the Golden Globes, included Michelle Williams, Anne Hathaway, and Tilda Swinton. Whatever else you might think about breasts, they are on gravity's side, not yours. That's where the Leonisa Posture Corrector Bra comes in, $45. Every day for a week, my friend Jancy wore one. She described the sleek, wireless, lightly padded garment as a cross between a sports bra and a compression sock. Initially, it felt comforting and warm, like a tight hug, she said. But by afternoon, the hug became creepy and uncomfortable, and she looked forward to clawing open the hook and eye closures. The bra lessened her back pain, pulled her shoulders back, and compelled her to walk tall. She plans to wear it on days that she does not exercise in order to have something to feel virtuous about. Must we be pushed and pulled and squeezed into verticality? Isn't there a more civilized way? Sort of. The Upright Go 2, $99.95, is an electronic wearable the size of a tic-tac box that sticks to your back with reusable adhesive or, if attached to the necklace provided, is worn as a pendant. If the device detects that you are orthopedically out of line, it vibrates. It knows when you've been bad or good because at the outset you calibrate your alignment settings to an app on your phone connected to the device by Bluetooth. The app keeps a tally of your vibrating versus non-vibrating minutes, along with other stats you won't care about unless you're writing a PhD dissertation on the topic of your spinal deviations. A casting director acquaintance sampled an upright for a couple of weeks. It made her feel like a failure. I want to go to sleep, but my goal is 160 more upright minutes, she said. She was not sure that watching Netflix in bed counted. Her daily goal, determined by the app, was 500 minutes. Although she is now more conscious of how she positions herself, she recognizes that the device is fallible. When I empty the dishwasher, it buzzes like crazy, she reported. How do the electronic gadgets compare with the glorified rubber bands that yank you upward? Two Brooklyn sisters, nine-year-old Rosie and six-year-old Bella, tried one of each. The Semlu Intelligent Posture Corrector, $12.99, and the AFI back brace, $14.99. The sisters differentiated the two types by calling them buzzy and not buzzy. Not buzzy is very annoying, Bella said. It hurts your shoulders and it's not tight, but it feels like it's tight. Rosie had a different problem. If you wear not buzzy to school, it could look like you're wearing a bra. Also, once when she was wearing Buzzy and leaned down to snuggle the cat, it buzzed. So unless you want to snuggle by squatting somehow, it's very hard. Do the girls consider posture important? Rosie. I think it may be important to your body, but I don't really know, because I don't know a lot about bone stuff. Whether it's important to your life, I think, depends on who your parents are and if they care. Bella. No. Unlike wearables, the Gaim Classic Balance Ball Chair, $70, wears you. 
Josie Abagov, 20, spent an hour a day for two weeks perching on what is essentially a desk chair with a small backrest and a yoga ball substituting for a seat cushion. Well, using the device itself, I do have better posture, she emailed. The contraption forces your back straight and core to be engaged, but I haven't noticed a marked improvement in my default posture. The real benefit, she concluded, is that the device makes you think about your posture. Not everyone agrees that sitting on a sphere is beneficial, and some doubt whether sitting or even slouching is toxic. Kieran O'Sullivan, a physiotherapist at the University of Limerick, believes that people today are almost paranoid about posture. When I asked him about the widely touted claim that being immobilized in one position does damage to tissues, he replied, Yet a baby spends nine months in the womb completely flexed, curled up, and doesn't seem to have irreversible contractures when it comes out. Gavin Smith, an osteopath in London, goes even further, suggesting that slumping can increase spine length and reduce stiffness in vertebral joints by increasing the amount of fluid between discs. Smith told me that, in the comments section of an article in which he was quoted, someone had written, What's next? Experts say that jumping into a hungry tiger's den might be good for your health. What is it about posture that evokes such visceral feelings? Beth Linker, a history of science professor at the University of Pennsylvania, told me, if I tell the people the title of the book I'm working on, Slouch, Fearing the Disabled Body, they immediately sit up straight as if I'm judging them. She went on, for a long time, posture was something that only queens and kings and the upper class would talk about. It was seen as a matter of discipline and appearance. Then, in the 19th century, Darwin and other evolutionary scientists claimed that human posture led to brain development. That, she said, led to doctors linking poor posture and poor health. It gave rise to a lot of aggressive and reductionistic public health campaigns. In the early 1900s, hunching over was said to cause sinking organs, and in the 1920s, a poster created by the National Child Welfare Association showed a little boy standing tall in an attempt to defend himself against a baseball bat-wielding ogre who was labeled in black letters, tuberculosis. It is a topic you bring up only if you want to do something about it, namely, improve yours or someone else's, the historian Sander Gilman said over Zoom. In Stand Up Straight, A History of Posture, Gilman looks at posture as a cultural construct, a way to read an individual's social status, and a means for society to separate the primitive from the advanced, the ugly from the beautiful, and the ill from the healthy. At Ellis Island, immigrants' spinal bumps and bows were thought to indicate moral weaknesses and provided grounds for denying people entry into the country. In many American colleges from the 1940s through the 70s, compulsory nude posture photos were taken of freshmen. Among the disquieting purposes, studying the connection between personality types and morphological traits, aiming ultimately to create a master race through matchmaking. It's hard to be a biped. Yes, 
It may be easier to send a text standing on two legs than on four, but the advantage comes with a lot of wear and tear on our skeletons. I asked around for ideas about how to redesign the human body so that it might better accommodate our modern needs. Rodney Brooks, a roboticist, suggests that we implant two titanium pegs into our back, roughly shoulder width, and use them to hang ourselves up on the wall, placing our desks and computers in front of us. Kyle Jensen, a senior lecturer at the Yale School of Management, would move our eyes to stomach level to avoid slouching toward the computer screen. The most radical redesign suggestion came from a 10-year-old named Nadia who said, I would take out the spine so you're lying on the floor. And we have just a couple of minutes here to look at some things from the Mayo Clinic's newsletters on proper body alignment. And this is by Jane T. Hine. And I may just go into where she writes, so what does proper posture look like? Use the wall test to find out. Stand so that the back of your head, your shoulder blades, and your buttocks touch the wall, and your heels are two to four inches from the wall. Put a flat hand behind the small of your back. You should be able to just barely slide your hand between your lower back and the wall for a correct lower back curve. If there's too much space behind your lower back, draw your belly button toward your spine. This flattens the curve in your back and gently brings your lower back closer to the wall. If there's too little space behind your lower back, arch your back just enough so that your hand can slide behind you. Walk away from the wall while holding a proper posture. Then return to the wall to check whether you kept a correct posture. Unfortunately, ideal posture is often the exception rather than the rule. Poor posture can affect you head to toe, contributing to a number of problems. Headache. Poor posture can strain the muscles at the back of your head, neck, upper back, and jaw. This can put pressure on nearby nerves and trigger what are known as tension type or muscle spasm headaches. Back and neck pain. Pain and tightness or stiffness in the back and neck can be due to injury and other conditions such as arthritis, herniated discs, and osteoporosis, but poor posture is a common contributor. Knee, hip, and foot pain. Muscle weakness, tightness, or imbalances, lack of flexibility, and poor alignment of your hips, knees, and feet may prevent your kneecap from sliding smoothly over your femur. The ensuing friction can cause irritation and pain in the front of the knee, a condition known as patellofemoral pain. Poor foot and ankle alignment also can contribute to plantar fasciitis, a condition in which the thick band of tissue connecting your heel to the ball of your foot becomes inflamed and causes heel pain. Shoulder pain and impingement, your rotator cuff is a group of muscles and tendons that connect your upper arm to your shoulder. They also mention jaw pain and fatigue and breathing problems. Unfortunately, that's where we need to leave it, but you can look up proper body alignment and find lots and lots of articles. Thank you for tuning in to Sound Body. Stay well and come back next week for more healthy living ideas.